0: Bright suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my yep, yep. Yippee! This is so bizarre. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a bad feeling about this. So, who talks first? You talk first, I talk first.
0: You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect.
2: So, this is where the fun begins. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha 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 ha!
3: What are you talking about? This
2: is
3: madness! You can't! What did Lisa say? (laughs)
0: You understand <laughs> Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your
2: hosts, the Star Wars Friends. Hey, what's happening, Star Wars Friends? You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast, part of the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. I am your host today. This is Justin Oldham, and with me today are my Star Wars friends. This is
1: Josh, and it feels like we haven't done this in, like, three years, and I'm really glad to see you guys. I'm glad to see you, too. I know,
2: I know. It's good Uh, to be back.
1: This is Kyle, and
4: I... I barely even remember how, how to do this. I forgot how to turn on my computer, didn't remember where the <laughs> microphone was. I'm like so confused.
3: <laughs> and this is Maggie, and I still can't believe that I wait up at night looking on Target and Walmart and every other site looking for Boba Fett merchandise.
2: <laughs> Strange time. She's hooked. You're going to be a she's bigger hooked. fan than me.
3: He lives rent-free She's a, in she's my a Boba mind.
2: junkie now.
3: Thank you, tomorrow, Morrison.
2: <laughs> Space Daddy, nice. Well, yes, everybody, we are back. Happy New Year! It is 2021. 2021. Start of a lot of good things. 2021. Uh, you know, I'm sure at the end of 2020, a lot of people out there didn't think we, we would it. see 2021 doomsday scenario. 2020 we made it, people. We are here. We yeah, are. That's true. We're in the 2020
1: in. post-credit scene right now. <laughs> oh. it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so this is the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, we're, if only. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, we are two weeks in. Uh, you know, it's it's been good so far because we've got a lot of new Star Wars content content right off the bat. So uh, great start to 2021. Uh, you know, we finished off 2020 on our last episode, kind of talking about. Um, what we enjoyed through the the previous year, Star Wars related wise, whether it was video games, books, whatever content it was, we've got a lot of new stuff coming out this year. So hopefully we have a lot more to talk about at the end of this year and new memories to be made. Hopefully COVID goes away. We can get back to doing the things that we love, hanging out with each other, uh, doing cons again. That would be fantastic. Uh, I think it's still going to be a while, but, uh, Yeah, so hopefully we get back to normal. We hope everybody out there listening is doing okay. We are happy and excited to be back. Uh, If you are a first-time listener to our show, welcome. Maybe a resolution you made for 2021 was to pick up a new podcast. If you're here and you're jumping in on whatever episode this is, 70 or so, then welcome. We welcome you. Go back and listen to 1 through 69 because they're pretty darn funny. Um, If you've been listening to us uh, for a hot minute, then uh, welcome back and we, we told you guys on on uh, the last podcast, we got a lot of new stuff coming at you this year. We've got some uh, new prizes. We got some new games coming at you. We're going to do, be doing monthly live streams for you guys. So uh, we're going to get back to the fun and silliness uh, that we are accustomed to here on the Star Wars Friends show and get back to having some fun. So uh, hopefully you guys uh, are, are in for that and enjoy the ride as we go through. So... Uh, We've got a, lo- a little bit of news. Uh, we, are, we are now roughly, I think, 82, 82 weeks. 82 weeks and counting. So close. Yeah, it's so close. Uh, 82 weeks until Star Wars Celebration. Uh, it, it's coming up quick, guys. Be ready. Get that cosplay ready. You've only got 82 weeks to get it done. Come on. Let's go, people. Uh, the Star Wars Celebration store is officially closed now. Uh, I think their last day was wah, December thirtieth or thirty-first, something like that. So, if you missed out on that sweet Star Wars celebration merch, I'm sorry. I I would probably suggest maybe keep your eyes on your email in late spring because I can't imagine they sold through all that stuff. So I I figure there's got to be a clearance sale coming up yeah, a little bit be later em- on, right?
4: Emptying the maybe. surplus at some point. They're not going to just hold on to it.
2: Nope, nope. I will say, I, and I'm wearing the Ahsoka shirt from that star wars looks celebration good. i have the ahsoka shirt on it's nice yeah it, it looks good i like it the colors are great there is no year on the bottom of the shirt so there's no 2020 on this one that they did have some stuff that had the year this does not so i'm pretty excited about that it's not really it a, pretty a cool. year
4: we all want to memorialize probably
2: <laughs> no no what what year what, what year are you talking exactly. about Kyle? I, I don't i don't know we went from 2019 to 21 so hopefully is it march yeah
3: <laughs> if it's March it's my birthday then.
2: Ooh. Happy early birthday man. Well, something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> um we've got some big news, um huge news actually out of the huge. gaming world this huge. week. Huge. It's huge. So big. Uh Lucasfilm Games announced officially Lucasfilm Games is the uh new identity for all gaming titles from Lucasfilm now. Uh they have partnered it with It was LucasArts, I'm yes. Gonna, Yes. Why yep. couldn't they just um,
1: call LucasArts again? Come oh on. Yeah. <laughs> Give me something. I was, I was curious about that too. Why
2: not? Yeah. They they partnered with, and I'm gonna butch. It's is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Ubisoft. Is Ubisoft. How I it. Ubisoft. Okay. It's uh, Ubisoft and Massive Entertainment, who I think is a little bit m- newer uh, in the game, That's but like they m- mostly assist that does with the Tom yeah. Clancy
4: game. I'm pretty sure.
2: Yes. Yep. Uh Ubisoft is known for Assassin's Creed series, most recently uh Valhalla, which is out now for PS5 and Xbox Series X um or S. Uh they do Watch Dogs Legion, uh which is also a very popular game, uh the Tom Clancy series and the Far Cry series. Now, well, I've never played cry. a Far Cry, but Kyle, yeah, you've played that Far Cry series. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, those are my favorite
4: games and they're like the when I thought of the perfect star wars open world game i was like wow i would really love for it to just be like a far cry game in the star wars universe so hopefully it'll be Mm -hmm. sort of in that vein at least um (laughs) there's a new far cry game coming out next month too so that's also exciting
2: yeah yeah. So they, they've been in the business for a while. They know how to produce a game. Uh, you know, from what I'm reading mostly on social medias, it's been very positive. I think with any game developer games have glitches and things like that. So, uh, you know, those people that kind of poo poo, uh, Ubisoft, you know, it's, it's, they're good developers. Like I said, every game has glitches. It is what it is. So, um, But they are known for open world games, which is the other announcement that we got, was that they are working on an open world Star Wars game, which is huge. It's something that the people have wanted for a long, long time, right? Um, Yes. Forever. Yeah, I think we want to make our own characters. We want to roam around the Star Wars universes ourselves let me
3: romance a Sith
2: <laughs> <laughs> right like let me hop planet to planet in this universe and encounter danger dangerous people along the way nefarious uh people along with the good heroes uh, and you know come crossing paths with Luke Skywalker or whoever it may be right like I think there's that's so many that's ways
4: to take it you know like the, there's limitless possibilities you could be a pilot. Yeah. You could be a bounty hunter. You could be a Jedi. You could be like it. Just uh, I'm, I'm excited right. to see even to what type of story they're going to choose. A Mandalorian yeah. that would be awesome.
2: I, I would not even be objected to. I would not even object to microtransactions within the game Justin, to get maybe dare specific you? stuff. How I know, dare I know, you? I know. Justin's in this day and cop, age, I'm, in this day and age, get when out of here. oh, don't get me wrong, <laughs> like I love. Free stuff, and that's where Chill. I think Battlefront 2 went wrong in the beginning, was because they had too many microtransactions. Like You couldn't earn anything, but if somebody really wants it and wants to pony up the cash for it, hey, that's their prerogative. In but my, I think you need a way to earn it through the game as well.
4: Yeah, in my experience, and I haven't played all of these titles, but the Ubisoft games I've played, um, it's all about unlocks and leveling up and making your stuff stronger and finding things and crafting things and um, you know, I think that's usually what gaming people prefer. So there's a, yeah. a reward I, for putting the time in.
2: I played Destiny for a long time, mm-hmm. and then it just got to the point where I just couldn't keep up with it oh, anymore because you really yes. had to grind yeah. and get with parties to get the stuff that you wanted. But the whole principle behind ingrams and taking an ingram and never knowing what you're going to get and it's based off probability was part of the fun. Mm-hmm. For me, so I, I think if there's something along those lines where, hey, I could get this really Game sweet Mando helmet or, or you know, lightsaber through an Ingram or something along those lines, I think that'd be great. So, big news in the gaming world this week. Yeah. Uh, also in the gaming world, I, go I, go ahead the ahead. last thing I've got on that is I th- I'm pretty
4: sure, and I should have looked this up before. I'm about to just pull it out of my butt. I'm pretty sure that EA license is up in. 2023, um, so it stands to reason that's probably when we can expect some new Star Wars games to come out from these other developers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that how that mm-hmm. works? That it's they, gonna can, be a while. they can work on it before a license is up. They just can't release it until it's I'm up. I'm pretty sure the contra- like they have,
4: they have a contract to that with that IP. And they know when the end date is, and of course they could renew it, but if, if Disney Lucasfilm already knows they don't plan to do that, then they could start working on their next option. I think that's how that works. That's how I understand it. I could be totally wrong.
2: Yeah, and they I think if they can get it started and get a, a head start on it, I think that would be great, because if they don't start developing until that contract goes into place, then you're looking at it's going to be a long time. Games, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the people... I think, at least in my opinion, and I do game whenever I can, I would like more Star Wars gaming content more frequently. From what we've seen in the past, most recently with Squadrons, is it's playable through the story missions and then you can do online fighting, but there's not not a lot additional content to it. I think they've done one DLC since it came out, right? Which was the B-Wing and the... There was, uh, uh, defender.
1: There defender. were two out there was an outfit for each side that you could get if you owned both squadrons and either Jedi Fallen Order or one of the battlefronts. There was, there's like a you know, a flight suit for mm. each that was unlocked, but yeah, I think, Other it's, than that, no. I think
4: it's fair to say everybody on this podcast was underwhelmed with that game,
1: yes. Well, the fact that I haven't finished it yet. And uh,
4: And it's not that long and it's not that new. No, it's it's
2: what, 12 missions, 11 missions, I think. I don't even know. The story mode is not that long. I didn't
4: completely finish it either. I'm pretty sure I'm close, but I didn't finish it either.
2: Yeah, I have one last one and I haven't been able to jump on and get it done, which is that 11th one. And then I think I'm done, but... Uh, it's I mean it's a fun game to play. It's a fun story mode, but you're right. After 10-11 missions, you're done and there's right. right now there's no new content. I got So, um
4: I got really bored with the out of missions. I, we don't need to talk about this game again, but like the whole like <laughs> debriefing and you're in the hangar but you can't really do anything. And yeah. Just, it was not awesome to me.
2: Yeah. There was a lot of people I think with Jedi Fallen Order that were the replayability of Jedi Fallen Order is somewhat limited as well because yeah. it's the same so storyline as you go back through it. So, again. yep. Yep. So, uh, while I think EA did some good things with the Jedi or with the Star Wars video games, I am looking forward to what Ubisoft can produce. In the future, and let's see what they come up with. Uh, it could be a good change. Um, speaking of squadrons, there was a release of a High Republic lightsaber that you could get for your cockpit dash paraphernalia. I don't know what you call it. I've not actually done the online stuff yet, or the um, the uh, it's like
4: the equivalent of a little hula dancer bobblehead on your yeah, dashboard. Yeah, right? you get a lightsaber up <laughs> Yeah, there. so.
2: You can download that, uh, which awesome. Um, you know, but it, it, that kind of came with all of the new High Republic stuff that we got at the start of this year. And we're going to, this show, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be very High Republic focused. We're going to be talking lots of High Republic, all the new books stuff that came out. Um, cause there was a lot. Uh, there is a, the big one, obviously, Light of the Jedi uh high republic light of the jedi came out um you can get it at bookstores now it's available now you can get it on audiobook with mark thompson uh there's a bunch of different copies out there there is one really cool one though which is the light of the jedi special edition which by out of print uh it comes with i think a pin and maybe a pair of socks but it is a signed copy special cover too special and a special cover, cover too and it's only 50 bucks I don't know if it, like the price point on this was fantastic. The Thrawn Ascendancy version that came out from out of print was like a hundred and, was it a hundred and twenty five bucks or something like that? It it was was a hundred and no thank you. That's what it was. Yeah. It it was a little bit steep, but it it was a signed copy uh, by Timothy Zahn and it had the blue page. I think it was slightly darker blue pages um, and a special cover to it, but I don't know that you got anything else with it. I could be wrong with that. But this this uh, this Light of the Jedi Special Edition from out of print is only 50 bucks. It's it's a signed copy. If you haven't had a chance to pick one up, go pick one up. I believe they are limited in numbers. Um, great price point for that book and, and the extra stuff that you get, though. And then we did get news that we are going to get a brand new bi-monthly YouTube show on The High Republic, which is hosted by Christina Ariel. And if you guys watched the Uh, high republic reveal uh that they did Uh, the show that they did was about an hour long uh they did have her on briefly to issue that statement uh she looks like she's going to be a really cool host of this show i'm excited i I can't wait to see this um but lots of new high republic content if you watch that show and we're going to talk about it on our next live stream uh because there was a lot of books a lot of comics a lot of books a lot of stuff that dropped I don't know what you guys did. You guys did everybody watch that? Did you guys get to check it out? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm so yeah, into it was, the. Heart I wrote a Republic. whole
3: article about it.
2: Maggie, where can they find that article if they want the summary?
3: You can find it on your money geek.
2: There you go, people. Go read it. Um, it, it was a lot of stuff. I took so like much. a page and a half of notes. I think on a legal pad. So I got a lot out of it, uh, and I'm excited because there's a lot of books. So, but let's get into it. Let's talk. About the High Republic, Light of the Jedi.
4: And I know why, why man. Yeah. Hey, I got high. Republic. I got high. Republic.
2: So we made a point to go through uh, a couple chapters um, at a time for each one of these shows that we do. And we've broken the book down really into what three three sections? Is that right? Yeah. I think is yep. what we got. So yep. we in this first section, we're going to cover the first 19, 18, 19 chapters, right? So we're going. We're
3: going to cover the first section.
2: Yeah, the first section. It's,
3: it's naturally split into three parts.
2: So I, let's go with first impressions. I'm going to start, Maggie, with you because because I think you read this before the rest of us. Uh, I'm going to yes. start with you, just first overall impressions of the book. I know you've finished it. Um, yes. Let's talk about, like, just what you got out of that. Let's try to break it down into the first section and see if we can do that. Not the whole book, yes. but that first okay, section. So
3: first impressions. First of all, a huge shout out to Delray Books and um, Lucasfilm Publishing for giving me the copies ahead of time. Um, If you're listening, thank you very much. Um, I, at first, was really afraid because I've been really excited for The High Republic since the announcement. And, like, the first three chapters was such an info dump that I was like, oh, no, is the whole book just going to be setting up this universe? And I was like, because usually when I'm reading books, I I make my first impressions within, like, three to four chapters. And I was like, oh, no. And then it, like, eased into it once we got the pace of, like, these new characters and the introductions. And then it started to pick up more of this um very high science fiction um very meaty book but i loved it i loved the first section once i got into it and i love the characters that were introduced and like the conflict
2: i think i got that same initial reaction that you did was it was a lot very quickly Mm -hmm. of characters vehicles planets um
3: and it started fast. It like yeah. it hit the ground running. Yeah, terms. and it didn't give you a lot of time to fully like soak in what they were were telling you, and that was kind of like my first my first issue. And also, I am a visual person, and I do recommend if you are going to read this book to also pick up the children's book of the the Great Jedi Rescue because it helps. And Helps you envision what you're reading, mm. especially with so many new characters that you can't see their. A
4: children's book is basically this first section that we're talking about today of, mm-hmm. of Light of the Jedi. It's the same story. This part of the story. Yes,
3: same same story with stickers and visuals.
2: Ooh, oh, with yeah! I got, I got my stickers. Ooh, nice. Um, Josh, what about you? What was your first take on? Starting to read Light of the Jedi.
1: Um, yeah, I, I the first little bit, it it I was a little worried because it seems like here's a bunch of like characters we're gonna try to get you in in uh, you know like invested in, and then we're gonna kill them right away. And it's I like what what is happening? Um, but I I love the world building that they're already doing. Um, and thankfully, due to, due to, I think mostly, uh, Mark Thompson's like varied voices, I was able to keep people straight. And I, um, to just, to, to say something different than what Maggie said, cause I kind of feel the same way. Um, I am very excited about Loden Greatstorm. And mm. I just, yeah. I hope that he ends up being a fixture in a lot of the stories that were told in this era because he was. Very fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyle, what about you, sir?
1: Uh, so I
4: read the first eight chapters a while back, but then I, I whenever they released them online, not right when, but, uh, but then I reread the whole first section this week. And I, I really appreciate the exposition. Like I, I expected there to be a lot of it, but this is a whole new era of Star Wars and completely new characters minus, minus Yoda, which there was like a really fun little comment about Yoda that I liked. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really love it. I, everything I've read so far of The High Republic has been amazing. I'm interested in the characters and I love how they keep especially in this first section uh really diving into the relationship with the force that these jedi have mm-hmm. and that's yeah. always been kind of my favorite part of Star Wars or one of them and uh, it's great it's I, I'm I really 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 am into it.
2: Yeah, it's it's very different in how it reads, it's almost it almost reads like a timeline because we're reading it, you know, x number of hours out from this great event that happens, and but when you're reading it and you hear them kind of talk about the technology and um, what they're doing, it's almost like if we compared modern day technology to Edison discovering the light bulb, right? Like it's two very different. Timeframes. There's a reference late in these chapters. I think it was 18, chapter 18, on Bacta. There was a reference mm-hmm. to a new discovery of a miracle drug, Bacta. They're still figuring it out. So that's how old this is compared to what we're used to seeing with Phantom Menace and, and the, the, origi- the prequel trilogy to where they were then.
3: Speaking of references to things, I just want to highlight my favorite gem from this entire book, which is in chapter two, and it is the (laughs) Jedi romances that (laughs) the one character is reading and a reference to, and um, I absolutely died when I read that, Um, and like just Mm. the idea that there's there's people out in the uh, the furthest reaches of the galaxy like reading essentially fan fiction about the Jedi is just the most humorous meta thing. <laughs> and it also like works with the story as we proceed further into some of the characters. Yeah. So I thought that was a really neat little. Inclusion. And
4: you, yeah. you also know Maggie would, would totally read that too. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I'd be writing it.
3: I'd be writing <laughs> um, it.
4: And I, I thought it was funny because I, I noticed that like you were saying, Justin, the technology is behind what we're used to seeing in star Wars, but the Jedi are actually way more advanced than the Jedi Mm -hmm. we're used to. So it, Mm -hmm. it's a fun like thing you can explore where uh, the more the technology advances and their, maybe their relationship with the force was lessened maybe because of it, you know, and there's like a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff you can dive into about that. And I think that's really interesting
1: very good so, point Kyle or Josh go ahead so now I have comments on like what all three of you said <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so what Justin said uh, the the little things like oh we've just discovered this miracle drug Bacta, and like things that are building the world letting you know it's Star Wars but also doing a really good job of letting you know that it's like this is a totally different time yeah. in history yep. that, that was that was really cool um, and and Maggie, the the Jedi romance novels. I feel like it feels like a little throwaway funny thing, but at the same time, I feel like it also kind of shows us. It's one of those things where they're like, "Well, how come this character doesn't know about the Jedi? It wasn't that long ago." And you think, "Well, here's this era where the Jedi are like at their peak, and people off in the boonies already don't really know what what's reality and are like mm-hmm. reading, you know, Jedi romance fan fiction." So. Um, I think it like l- lends to that whole thing where we're trying to figure out why people don't like why people don't know what the Jedi are, or what they were, and and
3: and it's so interesting because I mean that happens even in history that there's certain things that are like very much permeated pop culture and then ten years go by and nobody talks about it anymore. Yeah. I mean even in, in the social media we're not talking about the things that happened ten years ago. So it it lends itself so well to this fall of the Jedi. And how they're no longer looked at as these shining starlight beacons, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing good and helping people. Um, but I can't wait to talk about next week and, and two characters that <laughs> I felt like that was setting up a reference to. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, yeah,
1: did it Kyle, do you was, feel like the, the heightening of the, the less technology and the, the more Jedi like power uh, and how that's lessened over time was like, is that a. Is that kind of like how people on Earth are now are getting like less religious? Is that is there like mm-hmm. an allegory to that?
4: I think there's something to be seen. Like you can definitely make that. I don't love that because I think the connect. I think it's just different. Like the way the Jedi or are connected to the maybe not even religion, force.
1: but but just like like the like we're the dying of like like religion, but also, like, myth, too. Like, let people are less likely to believe in, like, the Loch Ness Monster or King Arthur or, like, all of these, like, kind of, like, magical, fanciful things from the past that, you know, people would have bought into more previously.
3: I I can see that. I also feel like it lends itself to the whole... They've shifted away from what the Force wanted them to do and what the Jedi Empire or Jedi order uh was like originally you know designed to do and they've fallen so far from that and so i think their personal connection to the force has wavered
4: well and mm-hmm. and you can yeah. see the jedi we're seeing in the high republic era they are constantly connected to the fo- and deeply connected to the force um even when they're flying their vectors they're the jedi starships they're you basically have to use the force to even control it, you know? And I thought yep. that like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a muscle, you know what I mean? ships. They're like exercising mm-hmm. this connection to the force all the time. It's like, uh, you know, so, someone who meditates every day and can sup- reach another level of consciousness. You know, if you, if you use autopilot and droids and, uh, you know, all the blasters and all these other things and you don't, Rely on the force, or you don't connect with the force as regularly or as deeply. Um, you know, you that muscle would atrophy, right?
2: Right.
0: We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on and make it a great one. Now back to the Star Wars friends.
2: Yeah, I, I think, well, and that's, uh, was it Tayami Is it Tayami? Her force power is literally to fuel connections between the force. That is her force power. That's how they essentially like in the beginning were kind of able to communicate about this great event that was happening in, in, she, that's how she got the alert out to the rest of them that about these objects that were uh moving towards Hedsel right that's that's that was essentially what she was able to do was fuel that connection and reach out to all of them at once and say, Hey, we have a problem and here it is and, and describe it to him. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I, I love that there's more diversity in the Jedi in this opening book right away. You've got a Wookiee, you've got a, a uh, was there a Trandoshan in there? Um, who is Duros, and, and Tigrudan, a Duros to There's a, a, bigger variety of Jedi of all different alien species, not just human in the beginning Mm -hmm. we really didn't see alien jedi species until prequels came out and then you started to see the council and (laughs) you started to see well minus yoda he was the only one (laughs) through the original trilogy that you saw that was of any different species so (laughs) you know it was it was good to see hey we're going to introduce all these new characters but they're not all human they're different species they all have something different about them that makes them unique which was really cool
4: and again like like i was saying earlier about how they were explaining all these the way the jedi experienced the force and envisioned the force and they were as she was kind of going through her understanding of that you know the wookiee saw the force as a big tree with leaves and roots and and another rev- saw it as the ocean you know that's light at the top and dark at the bottom and and uh, Limitless and all these things. And I thought it was really interesting how it's unique to the individual, but they're all still experiencing the same thing just from their own point of view.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I thought I thought the different point of views was... Actually, some of that Avar Chris stuff, like the song of the four, like it was a little too... I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. It, it was just a, a little too like... uh Fanciful for me, very
3: spiritual. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: I,
4: I, I loved it too. I thought it was so <laughs> cool. It, re- like, I'm a huge X Men nerd, and it reminded me of uh that's Spirit like Bro? exactly what Jean Grey does when the X Men oh. are. She connects them all oh, psychically, yeah. and they they can kind of feel each other's thoughts and know what the others are doing in real time. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was so so cool.
1: I yeah. I didn't mean it, like them connecting. I just meant like the way that she feels the force is like a song. Yeah. Kind of felt silly to me, but then when she explained, it, it it kind of made it better for me. When like you said, explaining that every one of the Jedi sees it differently and sees mm-hmm. it in their own way.
4: Mm-hmm. So. I, it, when she basically spun her lightsaber and used it
2: as as a tuning fork yeah. to yeah. find <laughs> the right frequency, yeah. which was pretty cool. Yeah so let's um let's do this let's kind of break down this book from chapter one through chapter 18 um maggie i'm gonna kind of turn it over to you here to kind of walk us through where we open up we oh, we get into i'm not prepared to do that <laughs> that's okay so or or let's do this i'll go through and kind of go by what i can remember and then uh as you guys uh you know, see, fit, chime in. Uh, we open, we're on this uh, planet Hedsel, right? We're outside this planet soul which um, there is a moon or some kind of orbiting planet that has like an outpost that picks up a signal of essentially incoming, they think it's what comets or like asteroids in the beginning and there's several of them uh, and they're heading towards the system, the whole system, not just one planet, not just one moon. There's tons of them and they're heading towards this system. And the way that the book reads is it reads as a countdown from X number of hours out, uh, you know, in each chapter, like three hours out, two hours out, one hour out, 25 minutes. And it counts down essentially until this giant, uh, catastrophic, catastrophic event takes place. Um, we quickly get two characters right in the beginning that are on this outpost that, uh, I think they, they got a signal out, but eventually get hit by one of these asteroids and it blows this outpost up, but they got the signal back to the planet headsoul uh, to warn of the incoming asteroids. Technically
4: right before it goes to all this, there is a chapter, on i can't remember the name of the ship but the original ship legacy that gets run. the legacy run that gets destroyed mm-hmm. so we we as the readers are aware at the beginning at least i was of what's going coming into this system and that it's these these pods of people from this destroyed ship and the related debris uh so we knew that before the characters in the in the book do um mm-hmm. which
3: and we're introduced to all these characters who very quickly right, die. Right,
4: that was, yeah. a poor guy was, <laughs> was going to uh, ask Captain... his Twi'lek bartender lady on a date that night, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt so yeah. sad it was for gonna be him. His day. She was going to yep. say yes. Yep. I had a good feeling about it.
2: I can't remember his name, but uh, we do learn Captain. Was it Mervin? Maybe that, right. that might have been it, was it. A, it Yeah, was it a sounds very, right. I'm not going to make it to the end of this book it, it, type it, of name, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> it was he was a red shirt. Um, He's a red 100% shirt guy, yeah. red shirt. Um we do learn about Captain is it Hayda Casket Did i I'm, it, that's I the actual Cassette, captain. Yeah. Casset. That's the actual captain of the Legacy Run. Um and and who's piloting or basically manning that ship. So Don't get um, too attached. Uh, yeah. That
1: one boy, that one boy that was slicing into the camera I think ends up being important but oh maybe I'm skipping ahead disregard
2: that's a little it's a little further it's a little further on but yes um I'm not gonna gonna go away from my notes (laughs) it's okay um so we we as at the same time that we're getting this countdown to this great disaster we also learn about the main ship that is a joint effort between the republic and the jedi called the Starlight Beacon, which is this giant—it's that thing that you see in the artwork—that's like station, a really. giant, yeah, giant space station floating tower. And its main purpose, I think, was to kind of serve as a relay station between what is the outer considered the outer rim and the inner world core planets, because they they talk about it quite frequently that uh, communication between what's in the outer rim and what is back. Uh, in the inner circle, there is is very broken, and it's hard to get messages through. So this joint effort is basically a giant bridge or communications relay uh, that's that's uh, captained uh, by Avar, Avar Chris, right? That is the uh, she's going to be moderator. the marshal. She, Marshall, thank you. Uh, she is the Marshall. Everybody marshal gets to be a Marshall
4: these days in Star Wars.
2: The Starlight Beacon. Yeah,
3: I noticed that. It's very strange. <laughs> it's, cool,
2: it's the hip term now, kids. Yeah. It's the hip term. Go ahead, Kyle. They I, the speaking of the Starlight Beacon,
4: it they did a really impressive job of converging all these three works around the Starlight Beacon at the same time. The the novel we're talking about right now and the the high republic comic and then the also comic. the mainline mm-hmm. star wars comic is also doing their a uh, starlight beacon storyline right now that that happened just as these things were coming out so that's a pretty pretty impressive just from the scheduling standpoint if nothing else to get that all released basically in the same week
1: star wars mm-hmm. comics have been dropping little like high republic Right. Hints. And I mean, honestly, it, at least in the last, like the, the runs that started in 2020, you can tell that they were doing preemptive small little things to connect to High Republic. Mm-hmm. And then also doing things to connect the OT to the sequel trilogy. Like the Darth Vader comic, the last, the storyline that they're in right now is completely all about linking Darth Vader to the events of the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. rise of Skywalker especially
2: so mm-hmm. and I probably should have prefaced this too that if you don't want the book spoilers then don't listen to this episode because we're, we're gonna go through it um, and I'm gonna we we're gonna try to remember as much as we can but I, I would say this even if we talk about it and and you kind of go oh, well okay I get the gist of it the books are well worth the read because there are great little Nuggets that you can kind of pull out of the books that, you know, maybe overlooked. Uh, I pulled, uh, a quote out of here from Loden Bell later on when they were talking about, um, I think he, what he was training is, is, um, his Padawan. And he says, if I do everything, no one learns anything because his Padawan didn't know what to do. And he's like, well, why can't you just do it? And he's like, but if I do it, then you're not going to learn how to do it. So, uh, there's, there's great little like one liners in there that you can pull out that are very interesting to read. Uh, if you're a, a ship junkie or technology person or stuff like me, you get a lot of ships. Um, there's a lot in here. There's vectors, which are smaller ships. Um, there are long beams, uh, which I think are slightly larger ships. They sound like really big X-wings, to be honest with you. Um, but they, but they have like two pilots in it or three. Like it's like a three-man crew. Um, it's very interesting to hear kind of the, what what these different things are, but. So we we we've got this I've distress got a, call I've that got goes a favorite out. favorite quote. Too. Did
4: you guys pull did everybody pull a quote they like?
2: I'm wow, not trying I to I put everyone, that one. Not trying I like to put that one a lot. On I do like the we are all the republic that yeah. they use quite frequently it sounds to kind of it's a little bit like propaganda to me, but it is kind of yeah, I yes. I do not
3: like that quote.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> that's like, that's oh. kind of what it sounds like, but it was I think the the intent behind it is that, you know, this is where your republic and your jedi are working together for the benefit of everybody in the galaxy uh, but we know how that works out like uh, uh, you Russia know later on say. i i did find a <laughs> very interesting they do have a chancellor they that didn't go away that's there's still a chancellor lena so
3: and i do not trust that chancellor i, I don't either i would now. agree i don't trust
2: I'm only nineteen chapters in, and I don't trust Lena So either. So,
4: <laughs> well, there was there was always uh, but, a chancellor, right? They, he just kept taking more and more and more and more and more powers, because there was a chancellor of apparently. Alor. Well, yeah. Even before there but, was I a mean, chancellor Palpatine, and he just kept taking executive powers after executive mm-hmm. powers, and then he became an emperor.
2: I think it'd be interesting to know, maybe how much Lena So can do do you know what I mean like how much power does she have right now in this environment in this world that we're creating so um, but it it is as you read through it it is evident they are all working together to try to help different people across the galaxy Um, you know in in this case the great disaster that's taking place uh, the Jedi quickly react to show up to try to get the asteroids or whatever it is that's about to tear this system apart away from these planets and these systems. And there's even, I, I can't remember the name of them. There's a pilot and his crew that show up that are not Jedi. Um, they show up to help as well. A few. Um, yeah, they show up to help as well. And, and basically, though, is the Jedi are there and they're trying to stop these asteroids from hitting the planet, they learn... Uh, through the force something very very disturbing is that these asteroids are not just lumps of rock they are actually like transports well with yeah, they, people they didn't on know them.
4: what they were they just knew that they no. dropped out of hyperspace and were moving at almost light speed and were but they don't have engines yeah they have no engines they have they have no propulsion system they have no weapons nope. they're just flying at a Pods. specific trajectory you know and they were gonna yeah. they were gonna shoot him out of the out of space but it just mm-hmm. blow him up yep
1: when it was Buriaga that that uh, felt them and um, yes they thought he was just being emo and um, <laughs> then it turns out he could feel them but by, by the way did anyone um, did anyone think about that I never knew if it was real or not but there was always that like rumor back in the day that after Lobaka, George Lucas was like no more Wookiee Jedi. Does anyone remember that or no?
2: I
3: I remember the rumor, but I never
1: knew if it was yeah. true or not. No, neither. Yeah, neither did I. But I as soon as I saw as soon as I saw him on the cover when this book was announced, I thought, Oh, I wonder what George thinks about that.
2: <laughs> I I don't know. Well, when we get him on the show, you can ask. Okay,
1: that's my <laughs> question number
2: one. There, there you go. Um, but yeah, so yeah, they would want to discover that it. these yeah. the, these. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, your one question with George. So you said no more Wookie Jedi. <laughs> hey, as long
3: as they don't drop a moon on him, I'm fine.
2: Whoa, yeah. too soon. <laughs> um, so we we learn that these pods are just full of people, and and they're just oh, hurling like name. it's essentially they have no idea where they came from. They have no idea how these people ended up in these pods, and how they ended up going that fast. So the the plan quickly becomes instead of blowing them up to save Soul, how can we capture these things or how can we slow them down or how can we stop them without killing the people that are on these pods? Because that in and of itself where Jedi are just shooting these pods would be a great tra- tragedy as well. Um, the, the pilot and I can't remember his name, the pilot and his crew that were on the one ship discover a way to, you know, basically toss out, toss out like magnets giant magnet cables
4: yeah
2: Yeah, these clamps that they were like well we could we could shoot it out there but these things are moving so fast there's no guarantee that we're gonna lock onto it and hit it with these clamps and they partner with the jedi to basically say look we'll shoot these clamps out can you use your force powers to guide the clamps to the ship so that we can harness it and slow it down and stop it this was
4: a really cool exchange of how like even now, when the jedi are are very prevalent, they're high in number, they're out and about, people know them, they still don't understand what they can do. You, and you, mm-hmm. you get that in this back and forth between the pilot and and the Jedi he's talking to. and he's like and, he, and the Jedi too also realizes that these people have no idea what they can do because when he first asks him, you know, can you slow it down? He, he thinks he's just asking him to use the force to stop this giant anomaly that's moving at basically light speed. And he's like, you know, we, there are Mm -hmm. limits. We can't just do anything, you know? And, and I I also thought it was really interesting how he was telling him, you know, if you just, it's, these speeds are so great that even a 5% change, even a 1% change is a huge difference. And as like a, math and statistics nerd that's like that's very true and it's really i, I thought it was mm-hmm. like well yeah you don't have to stop it you just have to do everything you can you know what i mean
2: right yep so it was it was cool to see that and it's it's very different again going back to that difference in technology they're not using tractor beams they have these magnetic cables to harness another ship and pull them in because they don't have tractor beams at least that's what i got out of that right did you i mean Anybody I, ask don't, I that? don't know
4: if maybe the giant ships have them, but they definitely didn't have them in this situation.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they shoot these cables out. They harness the ship. The Jedi use their power to kind of guide the cables to slow down um, the explosion of, of these whatever pods. cordage
4: was attached to that thing. Was really interesting too about how mm-hmm. it's elastic stretches to the down molecular to the molecular level. level. Yeah, they said that they yep. couldn't even see it anymore. It had stretched so thin, but it, it retained its. Um, Strength, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, you know, this was pretty cool. We we see the technology of the time being used in conjunction with the powers of what the Jedi can do. Um, the soul system is not w- without its 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 um, what do I want to say losses. There are some of these pods that do hit various locations. I think they did describe there was one city maybe that was a densely populated uh, city that was hit that was roughly like 2 million people I think perished in that one uh, so you know it, it's 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 interesting to hear how they're kind of bringing older technology with with new discoveries and what the Jedi are doing but there was so many characters announced in this it was hard to keep up because like I'm trying to keep up with all the Jedi that they rattled off in this yeah. um, i having trouble loading all straight
4: in my head too who's who but I, I, yeah. They're actually all um, awesome, too.
2: Buriaga is uh, a Padawan at, at this point. He's not a Jedi Knight. He's a Padawan. Uh, Loden Bell, I believe, is a Jedi Knight. That's a, a master, right? Loden and he's the one that...
1: is a Twilight Jedi Look, Knight. Yeah.
2: Okay. And then his um, Padawan wh- is Bell's set,
1: is Zephyr. Bell.
2: Gotcha. There you go. Yeah.
3: Who has the dog.
2: Yeah. And then there's Tayami. Um who she's the one, she's the Duros, right? Yes. She makes the quote, yes. let us become spears, which was like a, a Duros quote, I think, uh, when they sync up to try to initially shoot at the asteroids that are hurling towards the planet. So, um, you know, I, I don't, what other Jedi am I missing? There's a whole bunch more part that Chris I'm missing here in like the book. Yeah, Chris. Chris. Uh, she talked
1: about El- Elzar Mann. I, I don't think he's there. She's just talking about him. He's like a, a tinkerer. Mm-hmm.
3: He he shows up in the next little bit, and I can't wait to talk about him oh, more. Oh, yeah, I
1: know that, but I think she mentions him. I, yeah, I just I have in my notes like, for briefly. section when I have. Elzar Mann, the force tinkerer.
2: Hmm. I
3: love him so much. Is he the one that she
4: said she has known since they were children and a yes. lot of people don't like to work with him?
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's the one. She yeah. She just mentions him. Um. Hmm. Did anyone else but think that the we're vectors were
2: kind over. of like cocky? Hold on. Go
1: ahead, Josh. The vec. Did anyone else when they described the vectors in this section? Did anyone else feel like that was like really cocky of the Jedi to be like shields? We don't need no stinking shields. We don't need no like. <laughs> yes. We're just gonna fly around on a stick with a canopy on it, basically.
2: <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: We're 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 skipping over like they 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 upped the tension with these anomalies are not just hunks of metal, they are full of living creatures. People, you know, and then we've creatures we've figure out how to save them and save the planet, but then there's another anomaly which is full of Tabana gas that's about to hit the sun and blow up the entire system. Yes, um, that was and it. And this is that like the actual, like, coolest thing we've ever seen done with the force ever, probably.
2: Like, the, was that what they tried to move it? They did move was it. That what they were? I mean, spoiler yeah, they were, alert: they were sinking. Pl- they did not blow yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> they were sinking the force, uh, basically together, to try to just focus on this object and move it all together. Uh, and I think initially, like it, it she uh, I forget who it was. It Tayami basically says they they linked up to all the Jedi that that could hear it and focus on it. And there's a couple that literally that like passed out. I, was it Tayami or Ta-bar was it Chris? That's is A-bar the one A-bar that's linking everybody? Was it Avar Chris? Yeah.
4: Well, and she co- so she connected them all together so they can not only hit the exact same point on this anomaly. But also at the exact same time, and this is among mm-hmm. hundreds of Jedi there. But then it also spreads out across the whole galaxy, and she at one point feels uh, Yoda um, mm-hmm. working with them from all the way back. And I think wherever Maybe he was. you heard of him, yeah, yeah, Yoda, whatever, some <laughs> um, guy. Um, but that that whole section wait, was didn't, really really. Didn't cool somebody too. say
1: Yoda whatever in the live stream?
4: Yeah, it was like a running gag. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Sorry. I, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and then they, but she had mentioned that you, she could feel some of them pass out literally from some of them trying to it. use the force, yeah. and like, yeah, they literally died trying to push this thing to the side, and like, just pff, were gone off the radar. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, not cool that they died, but it was cool that she could feel that and and basically see their light from wherever they were. And, and it would, when it would go out, like she knew, like they worked to try to move it. So her connection uh, that to the force cool.
4: is so interesting and and really, really cool to me.
2: Hmm. Um. So after we move, we move the gas, right? They push it to the side. Um, it really, we kind of is that where we get to the end of that first, and we get to that first interlude? Yeah,
4: there's a little interlude with the, the Nile, but that's. Roughly the end mm-hmm. of it there.
1: There is yeah, one so that, thing that we didn't talk about at all before that happens before the Nihil, though is that that whole storyline that they kept go- going back to with the Nautilus ship captain, Captain Bright, and he's saving the people on the solar installation. Um, and that, that, I mean, that, it, that, that story could have been anything. It was like, oh, you know, go back, don't come back for me, like yeah. save yourself kind of thing. But yeah. it had this added, like, awesome touch to it. So Captain Bright is a Nautilin, And if you're listening to it, like Justin and I are, um, Mark Thompson is basically mm-hmm. reading it like it's Kit Fisto. Yes, and his and his like Nodellan like Jamaican yeah. voice it's is so perfect, good. and yeah. it just made me love an already great like little story even more. Super so, sad, and to- we really got to f- those pildroids like the pildroids. Oh, pildroid was cool. Seemed pretty cool, and mm-hmm.
4: so anyway, yeah. Super just, sad. I wanted to meet my, sure my like great 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 uncle Captain Bright go down in a blaze of glory like
2: that. <laughs> he uh, the pildroid was funny because he what was it was it, the. It wasn't. It was it. His padawan that was there originally, or was it just a tech? Per, one of the ship's crew. That None was of these guys entering were Entering the code repeatedly. Yeah, these were all
1: just normal beings. They okay. Jedi, he was like
2: re- entering a code or something every couple seconds yeah, to basically keep the thing from exploding. To, to yeah, pump a sequence
4: cool into it into the
2: reactor and he goes down there and basically he's like, well, we can teach the pill droid to do the sequence. And so he goes down there and he, you hear him and he's talking about it and he enters the sequence and he's like, do you understand that? And the pill like, yeah, I understand it. And he's like, all right, good. So you can man this. Right. And the pill doesn't say anything back. <laughs> yeah. <he's laughs> he was like, like, that was his yeah, acknowledgement yeah, yeah, of I'm about to lot. die. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So that it was kind of, Kind of nice to hear that the droid has a little bit of a personality and is like, all right, well, if I got to go, I got to go. I'm just going to be entering numbers down here in the basement. (laughs) I know we've uh,
4: got to wrap this up, but I've got one last thing. mm -hmm. When We were talking about the Tabana gas. um, They were explaining how uh, it's going to run into this star, which is going to cause it to explode, which is going to cause the star to become a supernova and engulf the whole whatever and it says the hetzel system in not much time at all would cease to exist unless the force willed it otherwise and used its instruments the jedi to prevent it and i that was like my favorite little quotation of the first third of the book um that the jedi are the instruments of the force and that's you know i think exactly what they're meant to be and uh, i i really 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 loved that
2: yeah so we we get to the first interlude and this is our first introduction to, as Mark Thompson says the Nihil, but it's it's Nile, right? It, it's pronounced mm-hmm. Nile. Uh, love you mark, but it's it's uh, Nile, I think. and uh, so we, we learn about essentially these space Vikings um, who are in it and at first listen space Viking doesn't sound that scary. But when you hit this first interlude, you find out these are some bad dudes. I've watched um, Firefly, and
4: these are Reavers. I'm pretty sure. Like they—that's exactly <laughs> what a Reaver is.
3: They are my babies, all of them. I love them.
2: So they—they they show up, and um, this is a different. Uh, these are the escape pods. Yeah, are these? They were transports leaving.
0: Yeah.
2: Hedsel, yes. It was another. It was or another system. Yeah. another system another
1: system that got headed a uh, piece of debris hit it um, and like it was like a uh, it was like the Jeff Bezos of that planet like took hit all of his workers mm-hmm. off to like save money or whatever because it's a tech um, company yeah yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. And, so it uh, like it's a crappy like swampy mining planet where everybody's poor except for five rich people.
2: Yeah, and this this guy basically was trying to save all these people that he could. So they loaded him in these transports. Mm, that's not exactly told what he was them, doing, but told them to bring their families. Um, and he he, you know, they're trying to get off this planet and the Nile show up. It actually is like a giant storm, apparently, is what at first glance... Yeah, Yeah, the aesthetic of it was like this giant storm with lightning in the middle of it that you really couldn't see in, but as you got closer to it, uh, these giant lightning bolts shot out and hit some of the ships, basically disabling them. And when those lightning bolts occurred, you could see into the storm a little bit more, and you could see the outlines of hundreds to thousands of ships sitting in this gas pocket storm thing. And once they disabled a couple of the ships, hundreds of those ships flew out almost like a swarm. Uh I liken it to like what uh what were the gold uh people in um Oh in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy with those ships uh you know, that kind of dart around, but they're actually flying them remotely. So these kind of c- come out and just start blasting a lot of the transports. And these transports are not, yeah, they, they are not built for, you know, defense. They're, they're just designed really to move people around. And these ships move with such great synchronization that around one of the disabled ships, they, Turn. They fire harpoons into this ship. Turn 180 degrees out from it, and then all move at the same time to pull away from it and literally rip the ship apart. And the captain, uh, this the the guy, basically describes this ship being ripped apart, and he could you know see the debris floating out of it, people floating out of it. Uh, they didn't blow it up. Uh, They just literally ripped it apart without any, at least as far as we know right now, early in the book, no cause. So They also harpooned one, and then two ships harpooned
4: one, and then a third ship spun around and uh, lit it up with its afterburners Mm -hmm. and lit the whole thing on fire while it was full of people.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, He did, I think they did, one of the transports blew up, which managed, I think, to blow up several of those ships and I think the captain at that point felt better at least like they took down some of them but not a lot of them but they knew he knew who they were when they came out of that that storm he knew it was the Nile um and at that point they from stories and rumors they know how bad they are uh and they don't know they're almost like ghosts they don't know when they're going to show up they don't know He said they, I think he said they they show up not just in space, but on land, in woods, in swamps, wherever. Like they just come out of nowhere, almost like ghosts. So these at least based off that first interlude are some bad dudes. uh, And it's going to be very, very interesting to learn more about them in the next uh, two sections when we get into that. So I know Maggie's already finished it. So, um, so but yeah it, it, I'm a
3: big fan of the Nile.
2: first impression was man they're scary they are scary and that, that was I think one of the challenges we talked about when we first learned about them when they started talking about uh, High Republic stuff right we were like how are you going to make Space Vikings bad guys or worse than the Sith and I think we we found a way right off the bat to kind of go these guys are not nice and then we'll see where it goes from there so but yeah. First impression is is really, really good. Uh you know, just through the first 18 chapters, it's it's a really good read. It, it is a lot to take in. Uh we like I said, I took notes and I'm listening to the Josh is listening to the audio. I'm listening to the audio. A lot of notes to take in. Um, but yeah, it's so far really, really good book. I'm loving it. I don't think it's
4: overly dense at all. I don't think it's any more dense than a thrawn book which are like inside his head the whole time. I, I really, really, really like it.
2: I think the only difference with like a Thrawn book is most of the main characters we already know because they've been in the Star Wars world. Here we are getting all new stuff right off the bat. So, you know, the ships, you know, you're used to seeing X-Wings, TIE Fighters, um, you know, the Millennium Falcon. Here we're getting Starship Beacon, uh, long beams, vectors, the third horizon is a ship, uh, the legacy run is a ship. So it's just a lot of new stuff to take in when we're learning a new book. But it's good, new Star Wars content is always good. Uh, do you guys want to get into Mar- the Marvel comic series real quick? Issue one, High Republic.
3: It's fantastic,
2: yeah, it is really good.
3: Mm hmm.
4: And we've got a really cool Trandoshan. Yeah, he's got one arm. And it grows back. They will grow back. They do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, a Trandoshan that's not a villain? They don't,
4: yes. Yes. Yeah, racist.
2: They don't have to be bad that, guys. That's racist. Sis-ker.
3: What is it? Sisker? Sisker? I, I don't it, know how to say it. But there. he's got
2: like three S's on the front end of it. I can't say it. Um, and, and what is it? It's like Skiere. Yeah,
3: Skiere. Like
4: skier. What's his padwan who goes through her trials? It's
1: Conry, K N R I
4: I. I don't know how to say it. No,
1: Conry K- is the little person, the little like uh, person that's like f- flying really? around. Oh, that's yeah. like the, the little
3: fairy. fairy
4: troll thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah,
3: her name is Keeve. Keeve. Okay. Keeve, something with a T. I'm blanking on the last name.
2: Yeah, and and just as a high level summary, we we find her her Trandoshan master. Uh, and her on a planet she is basically about to do her jedi trials he's grumpy too uh, I, was, I, I mean spade yeah, spade. yeah he, he lost is, an arm so i, I guess mean, that's probably part of he it, lost but, an arm i'd be pretty upset too and it was recent uh, but i did, learned that did, it just happened did you guys know that if a trandoshan loses a limb it grows back
3: i did not but then I it made sense sounds like lizards, a lizard i get it
2: yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool. Like we never, I don't think we knew that, but to hear him go like, so if boss gets a leg lopped off in a fight somehow, it's going to grow back. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah. So we find Keeve. She's about to do her Jedi trial with her master and we, we get a, we learn a little bit more about the starlight beacon at the same time. This is literally the, um, I don't want to say the promotion of Avar Chris to the, like the um, ceremony marshal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They basically told her like, we're not going to take you on the Jedi council uh, because we want you to be the marshal of the starlight beacon, um, which is supposed to be this, you know, giant traveling beam of hope across the galaxy. So, uh, you know, we, these two stories kind of line up with each other where, uh, Kiev is going through a test. She gets faced with a challenge. This uh, giant locust horde kind of starts ripping the planet apart. And it, Kenry is this little, I don't know, like a little fly fairy thing. I don't know what you call him, like impish kind of thing. But he's, he he's bugging Whatever her. He's, he's kind, kind of annoying her. Too. Yeah. He's annoying her during her Jedi trial uh, you know and she's trying to block him out and he's like hey you're a Jedi right you have a lightsaber right oh what color like he's just driving her batty while she's trying to do her challenge um, and then this locust horde shows up and basically like they're they're just flying through because they're attracted to a signal yeah. that the starlight beacon is putting off which is causing them to go out of sync of their normal, Rhythm or hibernation or whatever you want to call it. So they were trying to save the city. So Keeve basically does not finish the Jedi trial that, well, that her master originally told her uh, to go save the she city. What she
4: thought was her Jedi trial.
2: What she thought was her Jedi trial. Yes. Um, and then she ends up uh, getting in one of these. Was it the Nova? Was it a Nova she, or a Vector? Sorry. She, she got yeah. in a Vector and flew off and basically put out the same signal that the starlight beacon was, was doing so that the locust would follow her and then jettisoned out of the ship and let it fly off and let the bugs fly after the vector. And then when they go back to the starlight beacon, uh, she feels that her master is angry at her, that she did not complete her Jedi trial Only to find out that Avar Chris is there and basically knights her as a Jedi Knight. But her feeling is is also
4: not wrong because we see uh, Master Skier is very broody the the whole comic, the whole issue, and then the very last panel is him, you know, walking into his private room or Mm -hmm. whatever and and screaming and being all upset. No, we don't really, we don't as yet know why. And I'm also... And
3: then very ominous Yeah, for sure.
4: That's like... Yes. Her becoming a Jedi Knight, like, that's cool. We're just, like, kind of learning about who she is. But I want to know what's going on with him. And I also want to know what's going on with her lightsaber, which is in two pieces on her hip and then is one piece with two blades at one point in the uh, actual issue. So... It looks to me mm-hmm. like she can use it as two or as one, um, double bladed saber. But I'm interested in that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, she says "criff." Yeah, she has she a swears foul a mouth. Lot. Spade to spade. <laughs> yeah, he uh, Who wouldn't. He warns her to be mindful of her swearing. I think and around then the Jedi, she proceeds so. to
4: swear over and over and over yeah. and over right before she <laughs> yeah. gets knighted by the marshal, mouth of a sailor
2: are you done (laughs) the mouth of a sailor um she yeah she's a cool character though super cool Uh character um uh yeah the trandoshan i'm super curious about i really want to see the arm grow back through the next couple issues see if he gets that uh i want him to have a little treatment where it's like the little baby arm (laughs) (laughs) i'm <laughs> uh, glad i was not the only one thinking that because <laughs> um, that would be hysterical so how else would it happen um, he can't
4: just pop out a full-grown <laughs> arm and like, immediately
2: like so he's only wielding a lightsaber with his right hand like can you imagine when he first starts wielding it with the baby hand like that'd be he's hilarious. got a little yoda strong lightsaber hand. yeah strong hand <laughs> uh but yeah i liked it i thought the artwork was good uh i didn't have any qualms with that. No, um, Yoda got some FaceTime no in the issues. comic too. Yeah, Yoda arrives.
1: Our first Yoda appearance of the High Republic era. Uh,
2: Grandmaster Yoda,
1: Yeah. I believe is what spry. he they called him.
2: Didn't they? Yeah, I, I was. That was pretty cool. Came out of nowhere. So, uh, yeah, it was. It, it's really cool though how they've tied this with the first book and how we're seeing. All of these kind of pieces move together for this one giant effort for High Republic. It's really really cool. So. And
4: I can't I can't remember if they said his name, but the like crazy hairy bearded horned guy with the walking stick that's walking next to Yoda. I can't remember if yes. they said his name, but I need to know more about yeah. this guy. He's got he's he got some a- cool stuff going on
2: yes he is a cool character and i can't i I know who you're talking about kyle but i can't remember his name it was uh uh, is it another jedi master master
4: vetter or veter
2: yes he is cool looking though and this is where you know they hear you hear more about uh bacta manufacturing um in this issue so this is the the dawn of bacta and magical healing powers in a tank Pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff.
4: down with the High Republic.
2: Yeah. We're getting high on some High Republic here, people. Uh, Anybody else? uh, What what do you guys have? Any final thoughts on first book, uh, the comic, anything like that? Here's my final thought on the comics. Stop putting
4: Luke Skywalker with the yellow lightsaber on the cover of the comic if he's never going to be in the comic, (laughs) let alone using the yellow lightsaber.
2: Touché. Touche. That's my hot take. Um, if you guys haven't picked up the book yet, go do it. Start reading it. Next week, we're going to cover the next, the midsection. Part section. two. Yeah, part two. Uh, we're going to cover part two, which is like 19 through 26, 27. Does that sound right? Maybe not. It's probably No, it's 36. 36. 36, 36. <laughs> thank you.
4: It's actually Whoa. a really easy read. They're short chapters. It's a big yeah. type. Yeah. It's easy, easy.
2: And and if you're listening to it on audio, Mark Thompson does a great job. Uh, he's always good at diversifying characters on there. Um, so I have enjoyed listening to Mark while I work. So, all right, guys, let's um let's uh, blow this thing and get out of here. What do you say? We're all clear, kid. Now let's let's blow it. this thing. And
4: go home. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing. And go home. You
2: got a really good than this. Oh, If you guys are just tuning in to Star Wars Friends, you can find us on all the social media channels. We are at SW Friends Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also shoot us an email, uh, show at starwarsfriends.com. I am Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Where can they find you guys at?
1: This is Josh on Battle of Tenab on Instagram and Twitter. Uh,
2: this is
4: Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on all the social media.
2: All the things.
3: And I am Maggie, and you can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town.
2: We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in, and we're going to finish this the way we always do. May the Force be with you. Always. We are the rebel. Always. Oh, wait. <laughs> We're all- Wait a minute. It. I didn't even say that. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, <we're> right. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Bye.
0: Hey, friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SWFriendsShow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.